Hey, what's up, psychos? Welcome to another episode of a Take Your Pills Psychopath, the comedy podcast that exploits mental illness for personal profit. Trademark. I'm your host, John F. O'Donnell, J. Fod. Hope we're doing well out there in the world. Hope we're hanging on in this crazy, crazy ass time. Hope we're finding some love and light and positivity. I'm doing the best that I can. Again, sorry for not being as consistent with these podcasts as I'd like to. Hopefully that will change in the future. But wow, uh, an exciting episode uh, this time around. It is with a uh, another podcaster. His name is Arthur Brem. He does a great, great podcast called Radio Free Tote Bag. Uh, it's a relationship podcast, and also they get into it about politics. He does that with his pal Donovan. I was on that uh, some time ago, and we had a lot, a lot, a lot of fun. And then I found out that Arthur, you guys, he's got the same diagnoses as me. Another bipolar one disorder. Uh, so we decided to have a nice chat where we uh, compared and contrasted stories of the uh, more insane variety. Um, he's also got some other stuff going on. He uh, he is somewhere on the high functioning autism spectrum. So it's interesting to hear that perspective. And he also has something that just uh, just sounds uh, like the scientists or the doctors and the psychiatrists weren't even trying anymore. Um, he has something known as, you ready for it? Psychotic disorder, not otherwise specified. What? Um, so yeah, so we talk about that. We laugh about that. We have a lot of fun and, uh, yeah, it's nice to see two crazies have a nice normal conversation and be open and honest and vulnerable because that's what we do here at Take Your Pills Psychopath. So please enjoy this episode with Arthur Brem. Hey Arthur, how you doing, buddy? I am fantastic, John. How are you? I'm I'm doing I'm doing well. That's what you say say to people, right? You say you're doing well. Right? <laughs> That's what you're yeah. supposed to say, you know? Yeah. Uh, I there's there are a lot of variations on it. I use them in my in my day to day. I like to hit people with the I'm fantastic. I like to hit people with the uh, I'm doing marvelous. And and people will comment on this. This will get you into trouble with certain in certain quarters. Yeah, fantastic and marvelous. Those are those are those are good ones. Do you ever tell people you're feeling fantastic? You just kind of reflexively say it, but you are very far from feeling fantastic. I work in retail, John. Of course, I do that. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, you work in retail. What is is that? A lot of like plastic smiling and dealing with people yeah. oh, with shitty God. personalities. That is all it is. That is the the primary skill is maintaining a facade of of happiness normalcy uh and and like a joviality that is totally unearned and it just occurred to me that i am not recording <laughs> okay guys just for you guys listening at home so far arthur is an hour and a half late for the podcast appearance <laughs> first and also um literally 10 seconds after i asked him to start recording he forgot to record for a minute and a half uh, his separate audio to make it clean, yeah. whatever. It's fine. But uh, yeah. he is having a fantastic, marvelous day. Oh, I'm doing fantastic and marvelous. <laughs> I'm uh oh man. And on my show, I'm the I'm the engineer. I'm the guy taking care of all the back end, like like technical audio stuff. Woo! It's all good. See? It's all good. Plus, you guys, this is what he said to me right before we started recording, and I was just like, okay. He's like, oh, dude, you know it'll be great. I was I thought I That's forgot right. about this podcast, so uh, I was gonna play video games with my friend. We can we can call him during the podcast, and I can tell him that I can't play video games with him. <laughs> and I'll be do honest, you do that? I, I got I, the, I got him up right now. Let's do it. You want to go? I guess. <laughs> yeah, let's let's do it. Okay, here we go. I'm put him on speaker. 
This this gentleman has been a guest on our Patreon. So this is okay. sort of, this is in the Radio Free Tote Bag universe. Okay, okay. Hey, hey Andrew. Yeah. I'm on a podcast right now and uh for totally forgot that I was to be on said podcast, so I have to bail on video games. Is that, I thought you'd have something funnier to say. I thought this would be that, content. Was that moment as glorious as you thought it would be? Yeah. There we go. There we go. That's perfect. Thanks so much. Catch you, dude. Okay, a couple of things about that magic moment of podcasting right there. Uh, <laughs> he was not... Uh, <laughs> audible <laughs> you know what i mean oh god number one number two you missed the point of me saying oh this is gonna be like an awful moment you know what i mean like this is not gonna work out how you want oh yeah, when oh, I, yeah. I was kind of saying that and you're like you want to do it you want to do it so i was like yeah let's do it then you did it and uh it's just a little bit of dead air but that's okay we're gonna leave that in as well and you're just like oh i just forgot i was gonna be on a podcast dude you're on take your pill psychopath come on dude that you know, is correct. Oh yeah, I didn't. The, I didn't spread the word. The comedy podcast that exploits mental illness for personal profit. Trademark. <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me, dude? <laughs> and you and I have the same diagnosis. For fuck's sake, we're gonna get so, to compare and contrast. You know what I mean? It's a really special thing. You can play video games later, dude. <laughs> fucking hell, Arthur. I will. No, okay, you did have right, a long day. Right. You worked. You worked. You you worked retail today. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And he, uh, you had a plastic smile a lot throughout the day? 100%. Uh, though, today was actually a, a relatively placid day down at the unnamed retail establishment. That's where we say we work. <laughs> uh, and, you know, I just, I like, I did a jewelry count, like I was doing inventory and stuff today. And uh, only had to help uh, a few people with obvious untreated mental illnesses. Only had to... <laughs> You know, take care of a few. I wonder if the people who are undiagnosed or untreated, I wonder if they feel some weird sort of sense of superiority by like not knowing. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right. They don't have the 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 kind of the deep wound of being labeled mentally ill by society like we do, and somehow even though they're probably living more recklessly or more having more more damage in their relationships look at me judging these people i don't even know that they <laughs> that they somehow don't feel as broken because they're just ignoring it or that's probably ridiculous right they're probably the pain is probably underneath the surface bubbling up at all times this is absolutely the case uh you you feel the pain in these interactions like the the individuals who will uh you know oh i don't have my receipt like they're having a night like i'm having right uh, I don't have my receipt. Uh, oh, I forgot one of the things I was going to return. And they're just, they're completely, they're everywhere. And you feel, you feel for them, you know, or the people who get irrationally angry because they want to use a coupon that, that expired, you know, a week and a half ago. Uh, you really do feel for these people. Uh, but uh, it's capitalism says I have to direct them to the policy. And then I have to try to get them out the door uh, without making a scene. Yes. That's, that's my whole gig. Wow. Well, I'm sure that you had a, uh, a long day. I went to a big uh, retail store today. I went to I went to Target to do my grocery shopping because mm -hmm. sometimes I go there because they actually have pretty good groceries. And then I. Uh, OK, you know what? I'm not ashamed to say it. I tried to find a pair of dress shoes to buy mm. from Target. And sure. I got a pair for a really good price. You know what I mean? What do you think about that society? What do you think about that America? Huh? Yeah. Johnny are you, gets his dress shoes from Target. I love it. Are you from the Midwest? Uh, no, I'm an East Coast guy. Okay. Okay. Are you in Chicago? Was, uh, Cincinnati. Cincinnati. Oh, uh, I was totally confused. I'm from I'm from Jersey. Oh, for sure, for sure. Okay, okay. So, did you, because you, okay, so I thought maybe you were in Chicago and there was a time zone difference. No time zone difference. See, that, that would have been a you, really good excuse. It would have been a good excuse for you being so late for this fucking podcast. <laughs> but you're in the same fucking time zone and you're in Ohio, so you don't got shit to do. That's absolutely <laughs> fucking ridiculous. Oh, but, I know. 
But anyway, it's okay. It's okay. I'm obviously I'm kidding. I don't care. Of course, um of course. I uh watched YouTube videos about cryptocurrency because I am like <laughs> becoming this little cryptocurrency troll. Like I hoard my cryptocurrency underneath the bridge. You know what I mean? Digital I'm, dragons and their crypto hordes. Exactly. Exactly. I'm a little crypto <laughs> nerd now, everybody listening at home. But whatever. Um so but just just more generally outside of okay, you got a really fun podcast with your buddy Donovan. Uh, yeah. Radio Free Tote Bag, very cool. You guys do that. I don't know a ton about you, but I know I had a ton of fun being on the podcast with you guys. We had a lot of laughs. I Thanks just so. want to know, like, how are you doing? How's yeah. your life these days? Let's just talk about that before we transition into, into uh, all of your delightful diagnoses. Uh, everything has been surprisingly good and normal and just relaxed of late uh even though uh like mentally i i still feel really keyed up a lot of the time and like very anxious about like the like the nature of my uh like the way i'm interacting with society is gonna crumble any minute from now you know what i mean like i'm gonna end up uh without a home like i have these anxieties about like how I'm interfacing with capitalism. But other than that, everything's everything's fucking fantastic. <laughs> so you feel kind of fired up, almost like a little bit below a hypomania sort of phase? Is that... That's, that's possible. Uh, but uh, overall, like I, uh, you know, I'm medicated. I'm doing fantastic there. Uh, haven't had a manic episode in something like three years, like an actual, like, you know, a full-on... Uh, uh, sort of acute manic episode. Uh, That's great. So is it, it more, is okay, so is it more that feeling in the back of your mind, and I have that too, where it's like, okay, I feel normal now, I feel fine, but just somewhere lurking back there, it's like, mm-hmm. oh, is this going to all get fucked up? Exactly. Am I am I going to go streaking in, you know, 15 or 20 minutes? Like, am I going to take a turn and suddenly I'll be uh, nude on Main Street, you know? Isn't that an awful thing? Isn't that such a yeah. isn't it such a fucked up like oh like it's like a it's like an it's like an itch in the back of your brain, you know, that's kind of yeah. like, okay, now I've been okay for a while, or okay, I'm rebuilding my life up, but is it all just gonna come back around again and I'm gonna have to somehow dig deep to find the will to just keep moving forward and just to yeah. not be just like riddled in disappointment and regret and shame and all of that shit. You know what I mean? The- yeah, the scariest one for me is the inability to trust any joy that I feel. Like anytime I feel really like I feel really good, like, oh, today's a beautiful day. I'm like, that is because your brain chemistry is about to just ramp off a cliff and like you're gonna be doing stunts with your with your mental state, and that's not great. Wow. That is uh that is such a fucked up thing to be scared yeah. of your own joy. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? I can I can relate to that. But I also still, I'm still an optimistic person at the end of the day. I don't know how, but I it's am. It's I, I think if we don't have optimism, we're totally lost, you know? That's 100% the case. Uh, you're going to have to get up out of, you're going to have to get out of bed every day going, something today is going to work out for me, no matter if it's very small or if it's very big. Um, I actually, uh, I, I feel comfortable talking about it here. I... Uh, I'm getting back into school. I'm finishing a degree coming up here in the fall. Uh, and I'm taking a course over the summer. And while I'm doing that, I have a management internship coming. So, like, I'm actually, like, you know, I sort of still feel rooted in retail in a way that I don't uh, that I don't really love. Like, retail's not what I want to do, right? But I am, like, moving forward in that career. And I feel really fortunate uh, to be doing that. Good for uh, you. That's great. I feel like I, it's like you were saying, some days just like little accomplishments because I have been feeling down lately and it's been rough for me mm-hmm. and it's been kind of tough to to get out of bed and I haven't been accomplishing much. So for me today, getting a pair of dress shoes from yeah. Target was like that, accomplishing that and then accomplishing, getting to re- recording a podcast, that for me has been like what I could kind of handle today. Um, mm-hmm. And... And that's okay. You know what I mean? That's that's okay. I think something that's going on with me, and it might sound a little bit 
silly. It's like me not having yet been able to get back to New York and me not being able to do stand-up comedy, it actually kind of chops my personality off at the knees. And it mm. kind of like messes me up where it's just, I just feel, I, it makes me, I feel really bad about myself when I'm not doing stand-up for whatever reason. So I feel kind of like broken in that regard, but I just, mm. I'm trying to, I'm trying to like get like the, logistics number one and also like the willpower to get back into new york and just to get back to that that sort of world and that grind and of course the way new york is only semi-open now that kind of like that makes it more difficult everything with everything that's going on with the pandemic you know what i mean so but it's just it's just affecting me it's affecting me negatively in a lot of ways you know um but uh but i'm glad that you know you're moving forward with a lot of stuff, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I relate in a very big way to that uh, whole idea of getting back to the city where you were growing an entertainment career. I used to be a DJ in Columbus, Ohio, and uh, financial issues rendered me uh, stuck in Cincinnati, and that's where I've been six years now, something like that. And uh, it, for the longest time, it was definitely a goal of mine to claw my way back up there and start like doing shows again. Because if I wasn't doing shows, I wasn't me. Um, but uh, you know, I was able to sort of craft something, something else in a different place. And uh, I, you know, not to say that that's what you should be trying to do or anything, but like there is a way to like there like as you pursue something different parts of you will atrophy like different things that you could be working on you will not be working on while you're working on other things right uh so maybe stretching your legs in another direction while you're taking this hiatus maybe that's maybe that's something that could be of use yeah yeah no i i agree and i think it's you know it's clearly uh getting on track with this podcast and you know, nerding out to cryptocurrency. Hell yeah. <laughs> um, what I wanted to say was, uh, okay, so me and you, we both got bipolar one classic, classic. TM. bipolar. Yeah. <laughs> OG bipolar. I always like to compare it to albums. You know what I mean? Like classic bipolar, like the Beatles white album of mental illness, dude. <laughs> Or like a situation that's like classic, you know what I mean? Like, oh, mm-hmm, classic, mm-hmm. dude. That time, Arthur chugged like a fucking fifth of vodka and then drove his truck into the fucking <laughs> lake, dude. Classic, <laughs> Arthur, bro. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Uh, uh, so let know. me ask you this: So when? Uh, how old are you now? Tw- uh, Thirty-two. I almost cool. said twenty. I almost like put myself back a decade. No, I'm, th- I'm thirty-two now. <laughs> Cool, cool, cool. So you're 32. How old were you when you got diagnosed? 27, 26, 27. Oh, interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Oh, okay. Took me a long time. Huh. Wow. Okay. So, wow, that is really interesting to me. So that's a little bit on the later side, mm-hmm. to be honest. A lot of people get diagnosed late teens, early 20s and stuff like that. Right. Um. So, wow. So you must have been struggling without that diagnosis for quite some time huh absolutely and i i think part of it had to do with uh, uh being on the autism spectrum uh because uh for years i've been working on sort of masking symptoms like masking is a thing that uh autistic people learn how to do uh where you will you know you'll have like that specific interest that you have like a hyper focus of yours and you want to share it with people you learn don't share it with people and you learn not to express uh your mental illness in various ways not to say autism mental illness and neurodivergent syndrome um but you sort of you learn to hide things and i felt like i've learned to effectively mask and hide symptoms for a very long time and uh it led to a great amount of pain and discomfort and difficulty wow um yeah, can you can you so can you talk about okay, so how does the how do those two phenomena interact with each other? You know, a bipolar one diagnosis with manic highs followed by depressions and stuff like that. Um, and also being on the uh the autism spectrum. So I feel like there's a lot to talk about there and a lot to unpack. Um 
And it, do you is 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 the the term autism spectrum something that you find is appropriate? I mean, I guess I've not I've not interviewed anybody yet uh, on on the autism spectrum, um, and I'm I'm excited to talk to you about it. But also, I'm kind of pissed off because we both have bipolar one disorder, but now you also. <laughs> have autism on top of that it's really you're really fucking carving me out as a real normie here arthur it's some fucking bullshit dude. um yeah i will say i do want to say before we we get too deep on that uh i do not have an official diagnosis of autism spectrum disorder i do however have uh cousins and uh other people in my family that do have diagnoses those tend to run in families, and I have exhibited uh, symptoms at various points in my life. So take that with a grain of salt. Um, okay, so we're, say, autism adjacent. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, as far as how those things interface, um, I've had, you know, manic periods, right? I've had times where I'm really revved up and I'm really going, and I don't do those masking things as well when I'm when I'm manic and so uh like I don't even remember any specific times in my life because it all just sort of uh we were talking about people earlier who don't treat the thing how they're just kind of blissfully ignorant of what they've got going on I did have a fair amount of that especially as a child and I remember hearing um years after the fact uh, I was talking to a friend who knew me in like middle school and he said we legitimately thought you were on crack like we actually thought that you were abusing some kind of stimulant uh, oh, wow. to, to get where you were. And it just it just felt normal to me. Like I had no way of pathologizing it. Uh, so I would just be, you know, a mile a minute forever and have no concept of how that was uh, uh, outside, like beyond the pale or outside of the outside of the norm. Oh, wow. So <clears throat> when. So how does how does a um I guess how does a in so how how have manic episodes uh kind of manifested for you what have what have the intensity been like how have the, the subsequent depressions been what has been your experience with this disorder my highs have been it's it's interesting. I I don't know that I necessarily trust the bipolar bipolar one diagnosis. That's what I that's what I've gotten. Uh, I have had extended periods of of mania, but the really pronounced ones have always been comorbid with cannabis use, uh, which leads me to a third diagnosis, a psychotic disorder, not otherwise specified. Yes, that's one of my favorite things ever. You guys, so in addition to bipolar classic and being autistic, autistic adjacent, um, he also, Arthur has psychotic disorder not otherwise specified which they couldn't is, specify they couldn't specify the diagnosis is undiagnosable so basically what you've said to me so far is that you don't have a diagnosis di diagnosis of autism but you think that you do you don't mm -hmm. know if you agree with the bipolar one diagnosis right. and <laughs> you have psychotic disorder not otherwise specified which sounds like a non-diagnosis i feel like you're fucking with me here man <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm fucking with myself. I feel like reality is fucking with me. Uh, and that's that's been a major feature of the of manic episodes is feeling like reality is not what it is, that I'm not actually seeing what's actually there. Um, and that I the big one for me was feeling that I was possessed of secret knowledge that uh, only I knew it. Uh, but I couldn't. I couldn't figure out what it was that I knew that I wasn't supposed to know, but I did know it and they were coming to get me because I knew it. I can relate to that. So hardcore. <laughs> it's really crazy. <laughs> I always feel like I have this special sort of knowledge. I always feel like there's this sort of like impending either like heaven on earth or hell on earth scenario yes. that's about to happen. And it's like up to me to make sure that like, a heaven on earth happens instead of like a hell on earth because I'm a decent person, you know, mm -hmm. but I can't really explain it to anybody else. And it just comes out as like agitation. And then it kind of crosses a threshold into totally psychotic thinking. So it's yeah. like, you know, I have psychotic disorder 
definitely specified. <laughs> very specific. It's like, very like specifically word. specified. Um, um, so, and 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 if, when I use when I would use and God, I hope I never use it again. When I would use cannabis, I I get really revved up and I definitely yeah. get psychotic. Like the. Uh, the kind of like the, the my pension towards psychosis it's like putting fuel on the fire it's un, 100% it's, it's like you know so we have the same we have the same deal like that which i used to get so angry about that i used to get so annoyed where it's like why can't i just smoke a joint with my friends like everybody else and it's just like and you know the whole like all of like the culture around weed it's like this beautiful fun thing and it's like enlightening and it's also just kind of cool and this whole fucking world of it I found for a long time I've had a lot. I used to have a lot of resentment about that. And then what's weird is when I start getting manic, I'll just start smoking it. And and then it's like my brain craves it in this in this way where I try to situate my entire life around just doing it. And it just makes the symptoms worse and it extends the episode and stuff like that. And and then when I'm normal, I'd be like, I would never smoke it. But then. When I get manic, it happens, and uh, and it's kind of like a chicken or egg sort of thing. It's like I start uh, getting hypomanic, then I crave it and convince myself that I can, you know, smoke it and be okay. Um, and then once I'm manic, I'm just like, it's I'm going, I'm just going nuts and smoking, smoking more and more of it. But uh, yeah, I can completely relate to what you said. I think that you, uh, I think that your bipolar diagnosis is accurate. <laughs> that um that is a specific soup that is a specific superpower that i think the bipolar mind has is the ability to rationalize anything once we're entering a manic state like uh i know for a fact that if i smoke i will absolutely uh 100 of the time get completely out of control as far as my my thought processes and if i may posit a theory on why the brain craves it uh i used to think of myself as i called myself a weed romancer in that (laughs) i would smoke and then weird things would happen around me and i would think that i was sort of creating those phenomenon in other people and in inanimate objects and things when i would smoke that I would create these sort of situations. Like, uh, here's an example. I had smoked with some friends. They got dropped me off at my house. I got out of the car. A car slams into a car on the other side of the street, like right across from me. And it's like, I jump, I'm startled. And I'm like, I did that with my mind. (laughs) Uh, And so I think that there's a level of like uh, cannabis making things weird in a way that the manic mind kind of, kind of grocks with it's like i feel weird in here and it makes the things outside feel weird too and it sort of creates like a psychotic bubble yeah that's very interesting and and maybe 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 you're right i i don't exactly know but i do have this i do have this craving for it when i am when i'm manic it's it's super super strange um and then it's just the sort of thing where it's like also it's like, yeah, all that stuff of having resentment about not being able to smoke it, but I just have to be like, yeah, it's just not for me. That's just the way yeah. it is, you know? It's just mm-hmm. not for me. And when I'm my normal self, I never have any desire, inclination to fuck around with it, but it just comes it comes back around when I'm manic, and it's just a fucking disaster. And yeah. I think that it, I think that it really can... It absolutely for me, it's a huge it's a huge trigger and I just have to accept that. And I think a lot of listeners know that at this point about me. But for me, it just helps to just fucking say it out loud again and again. (laughs) Yeah. You know, fuck, man. Um, So I hear friends talking about it and be like, boy, I really could go for a J right now. That would be just so cash to just relax for a minute. But I know that it will not be relaxing in the end. Yeah, it's, it's never been relaxing for me. It's never been. It's never been like, oh, I'm so chill and I'm the fucking whole couch lock fucking situation right. or whatever that people talk about. Whenever it's just like, oh, I feel so comfortable sitting in the couch. I'm like, no, my mind goes fucking insane. It, yeah. it, like it's like a fucking mile a minute, and I'm just like thinking crazy shit. And I, you know what, I don't have. I don't have the filter to somehow have the narrative distance to remember that I'm on the drug. 
Like, sure. I just believe the version of reality that it's pushing out in front of me. That's the problem. That's, that's something that a, uh, that a psychiatrist told me one time is that when I am in a delusional state, what I have to do is uh, like it's it's about cause and effect. Right. So things will happen and I will think that I have created them with my mind. But I have to remind myself that that is not the cause of the effect that I have. To, basically, I have to when I, I can ground myself by hunting down the actual causes of the various effects that I am experiencing. So like when I feel insane on uh, on a, on any kind of psychedelic cannabis, anything else, uh, I have to remind myself, no, you are on a psychedelic drug. That is the cause of the uh, of, of the state you're in. You do but, not create this, but, but I you, do not. I don't do them anymore. Is is important yeah. to note? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you can travel back and find that cause. Uh, it helps to if I am if I'm dissociating in any way. It helps to uh, to to hunt that down. Um, and like I've noticed lately, I will have just little like I'll, something like like a psychosis sort of nibbling at the edge of something, like uh, like I'll see a name somewhere. And I'll think that it has some kind of like hidden meaning and I have to like track that back down and be like, no, that's just somebody's name. And it happens to be on a package you're taking out to their car. It doesn't mean anything about your destiny in this moment. It's just like they ordered a thing that is the cause of the effect of you taking the order out to their car. Wow. Okay. So that's like a a tool you have in your bag to help you kind of track back and not uh, spin out into believing something that's like spurious or something like that. Yes, absolutely. Interesting. Um, Can you talk more about, so, because here's the thing, it's like I have bipolar one disorder, right? And when I have manic episodes, there there can be and is uh, a psychotic component to it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like I, I experience psychosis. So how come you're, psychotic disorder is not otherwise specified (laughs) like what what does that mean does it mean that that happens separate from your manic episodes that could be the case um so my my diagnosis comes from a a really bad weekend where i ended up in a psych ward after being arrested right dude i've been there (laughs) yeah yeah for sure uh (laughs) hard relate hard relate relate. go ahead uh, but even worse, no, I got that backwards. Um, it's it's like those times get so jumbled in my head too. Like it's so hard to keep it straight. Like the timeline of what happened when. Dude, I was gonna um, ask you in this thing for us to do like a compare and contrast about like hospitalizations and and uh, arrests and stuff like that. But then in my mind, I was like, I don't even fucking remember anymore. I don't even <laughs> sure. know. I can't even fucking remember. <laughs> How many times that I've been in the psych ward? How many times I got arrested? Ugh. I mean, I could if I really sat down and decided to do it, but I think that would be kind of depressing. Right? But- is that super fun for the show? <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> oh man, because it, uh, honestly, the psych ward stories are not—they're not as great as you'd think. Because you're like, oh man, I was wearing gripper socks and I played uh, uh, checkers with somebody, and I, like I read a magazine for a little while, and then we made a vision board. You know, it's like that sounds nice. Yeah, that's exactly. <laughs> it's like or or it's just sort of sad. You know, I was there with a bunch of other people were trying to get well and, you yeah. know, in a place where they're there, you know, that's all, unfortunately is underfunded. But everybody's trying their best, you yeah. know, to make it work. And the food sucks and you feel like shit about yourself. You know, I actually had really decent food at my place. I was very fortunate. Hey, that's cool. Well, I'll tell you what. I can't complain. The last two places I went, I mean, I'm a dirty little vegan bitch. We all know that. (laughs) The last two psychiatric hospitals that I had to go to both accommodated a vegan diet, so I can't complain, and it was okay. That's incredibly fortunate. Yeah. Um, So anyway, what was I saying? Um, Okay, so you got, you were saying, you got arrested. So I got arrested in psych ward. I got arrested and my diagnosis, those were on separate occasions, actually. Both were comorbid with cannabis use. But, um, like, in, like, this would have been, like, 2015, uh, I was revving up real bad on, uh, I was just smoking an unbelievable amount of weed and revving up super bad. Uh, I had, like, apocalyptic ideation. I remember uh, it was the year 
Do you remember the blood moon that was like a big thing? Yes. Uh, so I remember seeing that as like a sign of the end times, right? And then this is the fucking craziest thing. My sister had like a weird mark on her cheek. It was like a little red circle. And then the DJ promoter of the show that I went to had a red circle on his neck. Oh, shit. And I was like, oh, man, it's fucking on. And so I, I end up stealing a flag off of a private residence and getting beat up by a cop. And then I got arrested. Holy shit. Uh, that at that time was just chalked up to being really high. And I was drunk, too. Like, I was drinking booze. Uh, but, like, everybody was just like, oh, Arthur, you got really crazy when you got really high. That's what happened to you. That's why this happened. A few years later, I'm smoking weed again. And I'm having a manic episode. But this time I don't go anywhere. I'm just in my bedroom talking to people that aren't there. And, like uh just just losing it like completely dissociating and like distancing myself from my family and thinking that like you know this is the end times again and i'm gonna like prevent them by being in my room having conversations with people that aren't there so my mother uh calls the police they come they pick me up and uh they take me directly to a psychiatric hospital which was such a blessing uh, because that's where I got my bipolar diagnosis. That's where they were like, hey, don't smoke anymore. <laughs> um, yeah. And uh, I actually I've met some friends there that I still talk to. I think that's that's like a rarity. That's wonderful. That's that's such a gift. Yeah. And uh, yeah. So th those were those were separate instances. But for some reason in my mind, they're like jumbled together as one sort of thing. But yeah, the diagnosis came after the the first major episode. Yeah, when I was in D.C., I kept getting, like, arrested, released, arrested, released, oh, brought no. into the hospital, released, arrested, brought back to the hospital. So it's like, I don't know if I count all those as, like, one or if those sure. are all individual. But, oh, man, it's just been such a long, crazy road because, like, you know, I got my I'm I just turned 40, actually. Uh, which Congratulations. Is exciting. Yeah. Um, you hear that, psychos? I'm 40 years old. Um, I uh, I got my diagnosis at 19, so I've been dealing with this shit for over 20 fucking years, and I guess I am retro retro in retrospect. I guess I'm grateful that I got the diagnosis when I was young, but I was so like just like infuriated by having to deal with this diagnosis for so long like i just really yeah. really wouldn't accept it i was looking for a very long time for any other possible um explanation of what could be going on with me it took me a long time it took me like maybe this was kind of because it was kind of more stigmatized even in like the you know and i guess i got diagnosed in like the early 2000s maybe the year 2000 um yeah. and so I think that there was still a lot more stigma where it took me years to be able to say that I'm dealing with mental illness. It took me years to be able to say that out loud without just crying, you know? It's yeah. like an incredibly painful process um, to be able to kind of come to terms with it for me. And uh, doing comedy about it really was a helpful, important uh, part of it. Um, yeah. So, okay, so that's where you got your diagnosis. So when you were in the hospital, you got the diagnosis of bipolar and then also um, of psychotic disorder, not otherwise specified. Uh, yes. Okay, okay. Um, I wonder if it's because the psychosis can happen separate from the bipolar. I'm not sure, but um, but basically, I don't know. I, basically, it seems like pretty analogous to what my diagnosis is. You know what I mean? Right. Have you uh, we dealt with some of those super gnarly depressions? <laughs> oh, absolutely. Uh, I I dropped out of college because of a depression. I I had broken up with a girlfriend, and uh, was j like to get out of bed was just unthinkable. Uh, I remember I remember the morning I decided I was going to drop out of school. I like I woke up and I was like, okay, I got to haul myself out of this bed. 
and I got to go to class and I got to pay attention and then I got to take notes and then I got to get home and I got to read those notes back and then I got to write a paper and I decided that I wasn't going to do all that and the sense of relief that washed over me was like heroin. It was unbelievable. <laughs> um, but ultimately not a great decision because uh, I now, you know, at it's like, what was that? Like 11 years later, I have to go and fucking try to finish a degree. Um so that's not ideal. Uh, stay in school, folks. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, it's isn't it hard to talk about? I find it hard to talk about the depression part of it. Because like, I feel like there's it's like there's nothing to remember, you know? Yeah, You're just yeah. Like I was really fucking sad for a long time. Like yeah. I did stuff and I went places and I laughed and like I have memories from those times that I treasure, but the whole time it's just like a pall over it. Like it just it's almost like it didn't really happen. You know, yeah. Have you ever felt this sort of thing where it's like, yeah, it, it it sort of does feel like it didn't really happen because when you don't feel depressed anymore, it's impossible to like be like how how did I feel when I felt depressed? And when you when you are depressed, it's yeah. impossible to like remember like how it feels not to be <laughs> depressed. It's very strange. But what yeah. I wanted to ask is that do you one thing like when I've been depressed, one thing I've like from coming down from a mania and feeling depressed, I felt like, Oh, now I'm this sort of husk of my former self. I'm this shitty version of myself. Now this mm. sort of slowed down, less interesting, um, you know, kind of just hollowed out version of who I am. And I'm never going to be able to reclaim my energy level or my personality or anything like that. Um, and I think that's what the depressed brain tricks you into thinking. And also the depressed brain can trick people into ideations of suicide. The idea of being comforted by the fact that suicide is an option. And I've talked about oh, that yeah. a lot on the show in the past, but, um, but, uh, I want to know if that, re if that resonates with you at all. Any of that? hundred percent. Uh, I, I used like, I, I've been depressed like forever. I remember like having depressive episodes when I was like six, seven years old. Uh, and for the longest time, I was convinced that I would die by my own hand. That like just f like from a very early age, like six, seven years old, thinking to myself, I will kill myself someday. Oh, wow. And, and so when the depression was at its worst, I was like, OK, so we knew this was going to happen. Am I going to do it right now? Is this when it happens? Uh, oh, no, I got a show coming up, uh, you know, in a couple weeks and opening for Black Tiger Sex Machine or whoever. I got to fucking I got to haul my ass out of bed and do that. Uh, and then, like, it's, it's it's been one of the hardest things in the last couple of years is coming to terms with the fact that I'm not going to kill myself. And I do, in fact, have to live and continue to do things. <laughs> wow, that's pretty dark. <laughs> like, oh, fuck. Now that I'm not depressed, I have to actually like decide what I want to do with myself. Wow. You're like, I have to be in this for the long haul now and live out all these years. <laughs> exactly. Fuck. I, may, I might have to get a 401k or something. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> like the whole, the concept of retirement felt like, you know, I mean, it's still very far away, but it felt like completely alien. Like, oh, surely I'll be dead by then. Why would I, why would I even waste any mental energy considering, you know, like old age or like, you know being a grandparent like when obviously i will i will pass away at some point you know wow well i'm i mean well i'm glad that you have to think about longevity now dude me too and i hope that you can uh you know accept <laughs> deal with the overwhelming thought that you don't you know, that you don't get to kill yourself young <laughs> right <laughs> oh that, man the depressing depressing thought <laughs> that you don't get to take your own <laughs> life in an untimely fashion exactly. jesus um what uh what's it been like for you so it took me a long time to get over self all sorts of types of self-loathing uh you know it's taken me a long time to cultivate confidence in myself and stuff like that so with you with someone who has had to deal with um you know masking behavior because of uh neurodivergence due to autism someone that has didn't get that bipolar diagnosis until well into your twenties, but still got it. Like, what if what 
how are you feeling about yourself? And obviously you're willing to talk about this openly, which I appreciate very much. And I think it's really cool for two people with, with bipolar classic just to talk to each other and for people to listen to that and be like, Oh, look at these are two self-aware people talking about what's going on in an honest and, uh, you know, hopefully like, and I think in an honest and open way. Um, so what if, what kind of, where, where are you at with, what is your process and journey been like to not fucking hate yourself? You know, (laughs) (laughs) uh, I have to, at this point in in my arc, I do have to kind of just not think about myself and do things. I have to sort of take myself out of the equation or like not think about other people's perceptions of me because th- I've been struggling with this lately. Uh, a million versions of you live in a million different minds. You know what I mean? Like uh, people have a conceptualization of you that has nothing to do with you in a lot of ways. So you do have to like distance yourself from your own mental perception of yourself and just act on things like, uh, you know, you put yourself in a situation where you're like, uh, Oh, I got this podcast. I have to just go and do the podcast maybe an hour and a half late as opposed to like, think about like how I'm interfacing with it or like, am I good enough at this? You just like have to like act has been a big part of it for me. Um, and removing that sort of self-perception. Because if I think about myself too much, I will remind myself that I do not like myself very much. Um, so I haven't, I haven't yet been able to cultivate the sort of like genuine confidence and genuine self-esteem that a person really needs to like thrive. But I, at this point, I have managed to ignore that I hate myself long enough to actually accomplish a thing or two. <laughs> wow. Okay. No, that is, honestly. You said some incredibly insightful things right there. The idea that 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 people say that again that millions that people have millions yeah of millions of have, versions of you live in the minds of others that don't necessarily have anything to do with you. Oh God, that is good right there, Arthur. The terror uh, of being seen. Ah, uh, that is so good. That is so good right there. You really should let go of at least five percent of your self hate because that was just fucking brilliant, dude. <laughs> I give you the permission to do that. Um, oh, thank you. Yeah. So, so that's where you're at. Okay. So yes. you, you're, I, but it makes a lot of sense. It's one thing that I need to focus on too. It's like getting outside of myself, going and doing things, helping other people, you know, like not focusing so much on like me, 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 me is, mm-hmm. uh, is an important thing. And that's actually something that helps people get out of depressions that and exercising is, uh, really the way to go. And of course, you know, medication, if that helps, which it does for me. Speaking of, let's compare meds, dude. Sure. What, uh, what are you on, dog? I am fortunate enough that I have been able to manage my, uh, my mental illness with but one pill. Ah. Uh, it is aripiprazole, also known as Abilify. Uh, it is a mild antipsychotic and it has held me together uh, combined with also, I don't know, like gum and glue uh, has managed to hold this this airplane together. Nice. You're uh, on Abilify. I yeah. am also on a little bit of Abilify, dude. Fantastic. Yeah, a little Abilify, brothers. I mean, I'm on, I'm on, I don't want to brag, but I'm on lithium. Uh, sure. Uh, Lamotrigine, which is Lamictal, and I'm on the generic of Abilify. What's it called? Aripiprazole. Yeah, Aripiprazole, but it's Abilify. And and I'm on a little bit of that because it's like it's like the um the lithium is the mood stabilizer. The Lamictal uh kind of the okay, the lithium is a mood stabilizer that helps keep the manias at bay. The mm-hmm. Lamictal kind of takes off the edges from depression and then the abilifies that just a little bit uh, can potentially help from the psychotic thinking. So yes, that's kind of that's... like what's going on with me. And for so, so long, I was so resistant to being on an antipsychotic as a maintenance medication. Uh, but I kind of got over that in the respect that I just don't want to get sick again. And if this can just keep that from happening and... I don't I and I'm not I don't really see any overwhelming I'm not really seeing any side effects. I mean, I've gained a little bit of weight, but I can't tell if that's from the medication or just from being more sedentary. Like I don't really think it is from the medication to be honest. Um We've all gained a little weight in the past year. Yeah, we've all gained a little 
pan pan dem dem wait wait you know what i mean <laughs> um but uh but yeah so dude we're a billify brother billify bros oh isn't that sweet um <laughs> how much how much your billify are you on uh five milligrams yeah, I'm on five milligrams. Okay, this is pissing me off. So I'm on five <laughs> milligrams of Abilify, but I also am on lithium and Lamictal. I don't like. I don't get it. I keep. I keep thinking that there will be a depressive episode around the corner, uh, but for whatever reason, I have managed to avoid depression. I think uh, in, in the past year, I quit drinking, which that's was like good. a bit. Yeah, which I don't was drink. like a big help. Yeah. That's huge. Uh, as far as depression goes. Uh, but, like, even when I was still drinking, like, I didn't feel, like, all through the pandemic, like, I didn't feel particularly depressed. I'm not sure. I just, I, I have been incredibly fortunate, is I think what it is. I've just been very lucky. Well, I mean, if it's working for you, that's good, you know? But it took me so long to be, because, you know what, it's, you know why? Because it's what they're called. They're called, the medication is called an atypical antipsychotic. Yeah. Oh God! You're like, oh no! <laughs> it's like, can you think of a worse name for a medication to tell sure. somebody they have to fucking take? Not even just an antipsychotic, an atypical antipsychotic. It's like, like telling somebody a weird you have to one, take, like an anti-fart medication. You know, what I mean? like it's like you stink like a fart. No, you're yeah, psychotic. You yeah, you take it's, a, it feels yeah, bad. Take a medication that like farts on you, like you know what I mean. <laughs> Yeah, but also the reason that it's called an atypical antipsychotic is because these are their second wave antipsychotics, and the first mm-hmm. wave of antipsychotics had a lot of very you know sedating um, yeah. uh, side effects, right? So these are atyp because these are less uh, sedating. They're atypical in their ability to be uh, sedating. Okay. How fucking weird is that, right? That's, that's so the, but strange. That, that, but that is what it is. So that's why they're atypical antipsychotics. That's interesting. It's like so much of our medical industry is like patchwork. Uh, how, you know, if if the medication had come out first that didn't sedate you, then the ones that did sedate you would be the atypical ones. It's That's so fascinating. <laughs> Isn't that weird? Yeah. Yeah. But uh, so, yeah. So I am now as part of my maintenance regimen, I am on an atypical antipsychotic. You psychos, a little bit of Abilify in the mix with my lithium and my Lamictal, and I just want to stay well, you know? And what has slipped for me has been my mental health regimen, you know what I mean? Like, I haven't been doing yoga as much, I haven't been doing exercises as much, although I did go and play basketball last week, that was big for me. Um, How about you? Do you have a mental health regimen in addition to uh, medication? Cycling has been very big for me in the past, uh, especially when I lived in a city and didn't have a car. So you had to get around. So like getting on a bike was was absolutely huge for me. I think, you know, I was at my my best physically when I was at my worst mentally. Um, And like I this is absolutely an area that I that I neglect quite a bit. Um, uh, But as an introvert, I think that time alone has been uh, a very integral part to holding my mental health together Uh, because I I definitely feel that like that sort of zeroing out when I'm spending time with people. Like I feel like I'm on a clock when I have to be in a social situation. Uh, It's like in uh, Neon Genesis Evangelion when they pull the uh, energy plug out of the back of the mech and he's got five minutes to fucking like fight the demon or whatever. Uh, that's where I am in a social situation, but I get to go back to nerve headquarters and plug in and, you know, take yeah, it. Yeah. I'll totally pretend I know what you were talking about. Right <laughs> <there>. <laughs> but I mean, do you have like a day to day thing? Do you have like, cause for me, sleep schedule is really important. Right. So I try, sure. yeah. I suck at it, but I try. The idea would be to go to bed and wake up at the same time. I, I can't do it yet. I'm trying. But what I can do is just make sure I'm getting enough hours of sleep, which is yes. crucially important. Um, do you, ha- you know, so stuff like that. I mean, in terms of diet, exercise, meditation, this, that, the other. Do you have any of those pl- things in place or like what's what's your what's your deal? Man, it's it's so patchy and so well, so so poorly maintained. It's uh, hard, right? It's hard. It's really fucking... hard. 
Uh, sleep is absolutely crucial. Um, something that I've run into uh, at various times, I've been offered overnight shifts uh, in my workplace. And I have said, I've just flat out told him, it's like, I cannot do that because I have bipolar disorder. Like that will be incredibly disruptive to my, to my mental health. If I just skip a night of sleeping. And then are they yeah. like, okay, <laughs> yeah, they, they, I've never had any pushback. Nobody yeah. has ever said like, no, you have to do this. They've all been like, no, okay. Yeah. We don't want you to freak out. So like, please. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, uh, the other so, one, like as yeah. far as diet goes, uh, part of it for me, I, I, I also I'm going to self pathologize here. I think I have uh, uh, some some issues around food and eating uh, because I, I definitely use that to self soothe. Like if I'm having a hard day, I will be like, we are getting Chipotle on the way home. And that is going to hold me together until it's time to land this plane today. <laughs> I think a lot of people do that, Arthur, you know, you have to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um we're okay. americans it's how we self-soothe exactly yeah that's the american way be un-american if you didn't do that if you didn't <laughs> eat the pain away you know what i mean <laughs> um so uh yeah let's see wow this has been so good so far this is like really cool <laughs> it's just really nice to talk to somebody and it's like you guys can't see this but arthur just has the most beautiful smile you know what right. i mean he's just like you can just see he is genuinely there is genuine happiness and joy. You know what I mean? There is. And I don't want you to be worried about your joy, dude. You know, I mm. want you to be able to embrace it and uh, have, have fun with it. You know what I mean? Um, but it's just it's nice to talk to somebody else with the same diagnosis. You know what I mean? Just to feel less isolated about it. And also somebody that I feel like I can uh, relate to and whose company I enjoy. Um, is there anything else about about bipolar disorder about about yourself uh, that you want to that you want to talk about that you don't think we've covered uh i think we could, i, I want to kind of get to like destigmatization real quick uh if we want to hit that actually i'd really like to hit that and i did write something down about that and forgot to bring it up so that is really perfect um go uh, ahead. there's so i do that i do this on my show too and i think donovan hates it where i'll go like did you ever see that one meme where that's always a great premise for like a, like an audio medium, but uh, it's like, uh, what does it say? Uh, boomers will be like, I heard she goes to a therapist and, and millennials will be like, LMAO y'all guess what my therapist just told me today, you know? So I, I think the kids are in a really good place and I think it's because of the work of, of people like you and Maria Bamford and just everybody out here with their own mental illness, just putting it on front street and, you know, making like hard, beautiful comedy out of it. I think that that's, that's been an absolute, uh, uh, like a mitzvah for everybody. I think that's been, you know, I think that's been very good. And I wanted to thank you for that. Oh, that's so, so nice to hear. Thank you. And that's so appreciative. And God, I hope so. You know, I mean, talking publicly about it has like helped me uh, in so many ways to kind of feel less isolated and alone about it. And if it has yeah. resonated with other people, um, it means so, so much, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. Thank you for, thank you for saying that because I do feel proud of, of the fact that I, cause I remember, I, I remember I had like a severe, manic episode in 2008 in New York City where I had already been like establishing myself and my reputation and comedy and stuff like that and then I always knew I always had in the back of my mind I was like this would be the biggest nightmare of my life is if I just blew this whole thing up in this competitive comedy world and destroyed my reputation or whatever and then I had this terrible episode it was really long and extended it was very public then I was away for a while and I had to come back and I didn't I, I decided to come back into the scene and I didn't come back until like like, let's see, it would be like the fall of 2009 or something like that. And what I decided to do was just like not brush one speck of dirt underneath the carpet. I just talked about what I'd been through f on stage, like from the get go. And, and doing that made people feel 
Like they didn't have to walk on eggshells around me. I didn't yeah. come across as like a, a pitiable person because I was owning it. And it also forced me to become a better comedian, to be honest, because it was really, really more challenging, a lot more challenging to make that sort of stuff, that kind of stuff funny, that level of personal stuff funny. And then that just kind of began the process of me starting to talk about this stuff on podcasts and in stand up. And and that's the thing. It's like the ripple effect of stuff. Who knows? But uh, to get to contribute it in any way, uh, it it's a really important, important thing and something I for in my life for me, you know, so thank you for thank you for saying that, man. <laughs> yeah, you should be you should be really proud of the work you're doing. And uh, I like it's easy to feel like you're just kind of like talking into a void or you're just kind of, you know, the tagline sort of flippantly talks about what you're doing but like y'all this is this is so good and so important it's having such a profound impact on people well thanks man i appreciate it you know and um your podcast is good too you know (laughs) (laughs) thanks man (laughs) (laughs) no your podcast is great do you want to can you actually tell people about it can you please uh, let people know about uh, you and donovan and what you guys are up to and doing yes yes uh you if you enjoyed these dulcet tones please come <laughs> on down to rftb.me uh you can find that's our main feed through uh through our beautiful hosting service podient love wow. those guys uh also we have a patreon if you really liked that then you can go to patreon.com slash RFTB. $5 a month gets you four bonus episodes. That's $1.25 an episode, folks. And uh, we're doing all kinds of fun stuff, uh, answering Reddit questions, answering viewer questions, and uh, talking about fetishes. And I make Donovan do BuzzFeed quizzes on the ma- on the uh, Patreon. So come enjoy that. Yeah, that's awesome. Guys, I was on uh, Radio Free Tote Bag, and it was so, so fun. Uh, great chemistry between the hosts, and it's about relationships, and it's really fun, and it's, uh, it's fucking cool. You should definitely check it out, and they could find it every place you find podcasts, right? That's right. Yeah, Stitcher, everywhere. Fuck yeah, that's cool. Um, dude, I, uh, I appreciate you coming on. I feel good about it. Um, uh, anything else we want to cover? I, feel, I don't know. I'm feeling good. What do you think? Uh, yeah, feels good. Feels good. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm feeling good. Cool. 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 Well, we did it. Um, yeah, let's, uh, let's keep in touch. I'm glad you're doing well. And, yeah. uh, it's nice to talk to my abilify bipolar brother with his <laughs> psychotic disorder, not otherwise specified. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Bye buddy. Later, man. <laughs>